On today's show, the LA Clippers fall short in the second half of a back-to-back to the Golden State Warriors. And what was a more frustrating loss than it should have been? Why was this a missed opportunity for the Clippers? And what went wrong? What can they do to mitigate their issues going forward? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vaziri, born and raised in LA and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my very own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I went live directly after the game to talk both LA games and Locked on Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know anything about the game, what you thought of it. A 120-114 to loss for the Clippers to the Golden State Warriors in the second half of their NorCal back-to-back. Of course, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George playing for the third back-to-back in a row. They've played all 18 games this season. So we're going to be talking about what went wrong for the Clips in this one, why it was, in my opinion, a missed opportunity and what they can do to fix those issues. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the best place to get the best deals on last-minute tickets. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the month of December now. November is over, and it was an eventful month for the Clippers. I straight-up feel like it's been two months in one getting James Harden, implementing him, taking Russ out of the starting lineup. It's been a complete roller coaster. And look, Clipper Nation, I understand this was a frustrating one just because, you know, we heard the news before the game, no Chris Paul, no Andrew Wiggins, no no Gary Payton Jr. No Andrew Wiggins was major because he's a guy that's, you go back to that game we lost to the Warriors in 2021, that we lost one of those two games in Chase Center. Wiggins gave Kawhi a tough time, and if you just look at Wiggins' body type, he is a good guy to guard Kawhi, and not having him, even though he's been struggling this season, I thought was a big advantage. You know, we saw Draymond Green guarding Kawhi Leonard to start the game, Paul George guarding Moses Moody, or sorry, Moses Moody guarding Paul George to start the game, Clay Thompson on James Harden. But in this game, I thought the Clippers, you know, from an effort perspective, I don't think they were that horrible, but I'll tell you who I thought was horrible from an effort perspective, Paul George. And I've titled this first segment, Where's Pauldo? Because Paul George wanted to be Waldo on Halloween, and I knew that was going to come back to bite him at some point because he was just absolutely atrocious for the standards that we hold him to. And that's just putting it nice, just putting it bluntly. He was bad on both ends of the floor. For all the credit we give Paul George for being one of the better two-way players, he has some of these games where he looks completely lazy on defense, he's not fighting over screens, he's not communicating well enough, and on the ball, he's not putting the effort that we know he can put in. And this game, it was no different. He was asking for switches 
when he wasn't even going around a screen. There were times where he'd fall asleep, he'd be behind, he'd notice his man was drifting to the top or trying to curl, and he would tell somebody to switch because he's literally just, you know, he was, he was. whenever I see somebody calling for switches super easily, and it's not like they're doing it in a, in a way that you're getting a bunch of stops. When you're doing, you can't really get stops. Because the Warriors, because of their off-ball movement, and I think that was actually increased without Chris Paul on Thursday night, when you get the Warriors running their offense and their constant motion, it causes a lot of quick communication on and mainly off ball as the defense. So it it allows more room for human error when it comes to communicating. And when you have threats like Clay and Steph, all you need is that one miscommunication or that one sliver of daylight and they can get a potential layup or open three. Now, Paul George just doesn't get a pass because... You know, I know it's a back-to-back. I get it. We've played five games in seven nights. It's been a grind. It's been a big-time grind. But from a player of Paul George's caliber who didn't have a great game against Sacramento, who had a terrible game against Denver, and we called out his defense in that one, he wasn't good enough. And on offense, it was one of those classic games where he just shot contested jumpers. I know some of them are still decent looks for him because he's that good, but it was a lot of contested jumpers. 18 of his 10 uh, 10 of his 18 shots were threes. He had zero free throw attempts and never really seemed to get going. His best quarter it seemed like was the fourth quarter and by that point the Clippers were really playing catch up. So Paul George completely not good enough in this game. To start the game I thought the Clippers were actually solid. Kawhi Leonard and James Harden the catalyst yet again. As far as defensive matchups, we had Zubats and Looney, Terrence against Steph, Kawhi against Draymond. And I'll tell you what, I thought Terrence Mann, while he still got beat a couple times, and there were still moments of not-so-great screen navigation from him, I thought he actually did a pretty good job denying Steph Curry the ball at times and still not get letting him get too many clean looks coming off screens. I mean, anytime you hold Steph Curry to under 30 points, that's a win below his season average. He did have a pretty solid game, though, overall, 26.7 rebounds and 8 assists. But you will take the under 30. That being said, Steph had some heroic plays in the fourth quarter, some really impressive finishes, and we really struggled to stay in front of him. But James Harden, Ivica Zubats, Kawhi Leonard, I thought were the real catalyst in the beginning. James Harden hit three threes. He had nine points in the first quarter. Kawhi kind of was picking up where he left off in the Sacramento game. Still looking, I shouldn't say still looking, because he's just starting to look a little bit more bouncy, a little bit more confident in his shot, and it's slowly coming around. So if there's a positive to take from this game, I think Kawhi Leonard is slowly becoming that Kawhi Leonard of 2023. He's really getting his legs back under him and getting used to playing the most basketball he's really played in several years. I mean, 18 straight games, I'm appreciative of that, but it's hard to be appreciative of Kawhi and Paul George being healthy when you're 8-10. and 10. You know, you're 5-3 and three with this new starting lineup of James Harden, Terrence Mann, Kawhi, Paul, and Zoo. You are now 5-8 and eight with James Harden on the court. And let's talk about the end of the game, right? So Clippers... Lost the first quarter 31 24. They were actually up. I believe it was either 22 to 20, they were up, or 20 to 18. But the Warriors ended on an 11 to 2 run. 
and it was the young guys. You know, the Warriors bench really made the difference for them. Guys like Jonathan Kaminga, Brandon Pajimski, Moses Moody. You know, these guys really made the difference, even though Moody didn't come off the bench in this game. Dario Saric as well. Three of their bench players in double figures. Pajimski with 13 on 50% shooting from the field and three. Kaminga, 17.6 rebounds, three assists on 75% shooting, six for eight, and three of five from three. And Dario Saric had 13 points, five rebounds, and five assists on four for seven from the field and two for four from three. So the Warriors, who are looking like a slow old team as well, and I know slow is not something you really associate with them, but with Chris Paul, you knew their pace was going to slow down, kind of like with Harden in ways. But without Chris Paul, you got more Pajimski. You got more... Moses Moody, you got more Kaminga, and I think that's the route for the Warriors to to improve this team is to go a little bit more of that with that youth, that athleticism, because it looked at one point, you know, with the Clippers on a back to back and these young guys playing, that the Clippers just looked a little older, a little slower, and you know, Brandon Pajimski is somebody who, I, if you actually, are, if you watch like every episode of Locked On Clippers in the summer, there was an episode we did about who the Clippers should take, and we talked about Brandon Pajimski, but it's crazy because. He kept moving up in the pre-draft over the course of last year's college basketball season to the point where he was in the draft pool or on the on draft boards, and then he moved up to becoming a top 20 pick. So you saw why. What shocked me so much in this game was that they were even comfortable when they went to that second unit, Golden State, switching one through five with Saric and, and Pajimski guarding Kawhi. Kawhi got the step on Saric one time and Looney at one time, so... Starting to see a little bit more of Kawhi getting by bigs, which is great because I have mentioned that there are teams, most teams, are really comfortable switching their bigs on a Kawhi, especially if they have a little bit of mobility. So it's nice to see Kawhi try to get by that and start slowly getting by that. But Pajimski guarding Kawhi and actually doing a pretty decent job containing was very impressive to me. But one of the big reasons I think the Clippers lost, despite Paul George's awful shooting, 6-for-18 in this game, 3 for 10 from 3, just 15 points. If I have to give a positive for Paul George, though, and his poor defense, of course, dimes, assists. You know, Looney and Saric, whoever was being involved in the action as far as bigs for Golden State, and we don't put Draymond in the action like that, they were kind of in that high drop or just showing on the screens and trying to recover. Paul George was making that initial pass and getting Tyson Zubats in four-on-three situations. Same with James Harden. They were in that high drop. They saw the game against Sacramento, clearly, and they were afraid of James Harden pulling up for three. And when he's making threes in the first quarter, you got to be. And I thought Harden made some really nice pocket passes yet again to Zubats, and I thought Zu was just phenomenal in terms of making quicker reads in those. He's really starting to improve in that department. And again, it's all about Zubats' body language. When you see him going up strong like that at the rim, when you see him defending the way he was early in the game, when he blocked Looney and just grabbed the ball, that's when you know what kind of night it's going to be for Zoo. And that's what makes the game even more frustrating. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard in the fourth quarter, he comes in at the 6 minute and 30 second mark, and he doesn't shoot till there's 1 minute and 54 seconds is when Kawhi Leonard gets his first shot of the quarter off. That is unacceptable from everyone involved. Kawhi for not demanding the ball. Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden for not trying to get him the ball. And Ty Lue for not calling a play for him specifically. Unacceptable when he's been our best player all night. And he was good on both ends of the floor again. Kawhi Leonard had good help defense. Good on ball defense when it was called upon. Good, you know, rotations and hands in the passing lanes when need be. He had two steals in this game. 
Kawhi is starting to round into that Kawhi Leonard that we know and love. But coming up, some big decisions by Ty Lue to end the game. Going to be talking about how those impacted the Clipper loss. 120-114. to 114. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. With the NFL season starting to head towards the playoff push, you've got the NHL and NBA up and running now is the time to go to FanDuel and place your bets. They have spreads, player props, over-unders, whatever you want, they've got it. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season or keep it going with the NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. All right, Clippers lose this one 120 to 114 at the Chase Center. They drop to 8 and 10, 3 and 7 on the road. Their leading scorer in this one, Kawhi Leonard, with 23 points, 21 going into the fourth. The fact that he only finished with 23 is extremely disappointing. Seven rebounds for him, good defense. He had no turnovers. And that's one thing I wanted to mention. When we talk about the positives we can take from the game, the Clippers did take care of the ball. Just seven turnovers. In this game as a whole, actually six, nine for Golden State. And that was one of the reasons the Clippers lost. We couldn't get Golden State to turn the ball over enough. And that's one thing that they brought in Chris Paul to try to mitigate is their turnover problem. We did not create enough. And I think partially it's because our defense just wasn't good enough. And, you know, I keep saying the numbers on our defense, you know, I saw the number. We've been the best defensive team since like November 17th or something. I just... I don't see a great defensive team on a consistent basis with this Clipper team. It's largely effort. I think, you know, Terrence Mann being your best point of attack defender is a, I love him, but it's a little problematic, a little bit. I think if we're talking championship, if we're talking get to the second round, it's not a big deal. But I think Terrence being in this starting role is going to get him better at it, if anything. Like, not having his role constantly change, that's what's going to help him become the best version of himself. The thing with Terrence, though, is offensively, he's really starting to worry me. That three ball's got to fall, right? And I've been talking about how he hasn't had many bad misses, but in this game, he had some bad misses that just clearly weren't that close. He's in his own head right now, majorly. And we need him to start knocking down shots because the defense doesn't really respect him right now. If it's a Zubats and him on the floor, that's not super ideal. Westbrook and him on the floor in the half court, not the most ideal either. And then when you have three of them in together, that's a problem right now. Terrence had nine points, five rebounds, an assist, and a steal in this game. As I said, I don't think he was actually bad on Steph Curry. He did a good job denying him a couple times. You know, just anytime you can prevent Steph Curry from getting the ball, that's a bonus. Uh, he was a plus 13, actually, which was the highest of anybody on our team. But I don't think that means Terrence Mann played the best. I think he was solid. As I say with Terrence, he's always going to help things because he's a connector. You know, he's going to cut. He's going to play solid defense. He's going to work hard. He's going to rebound. Five rebounds in this game. But four for 10 from the field and one for four from three and zero free throw attempts. I don't like that. You know, and, and T... He's got to start knocking down shots. There's no real thing I can say but the fact that he's got to start knocking down shots. Now, as far as Westbrook and Harden, I think it was kind of a tale of two halves for them. 
I thought James Harden was doing a pretty good job in the first half, not only just making the passes and pick and roll, but he was still being aggressive, kind of picking up where he left off in the last game, looking at the basket, looking to turn the corner on pick and rolls a little bit more, and just looking to pull up for that three when it was there. In the first quarter, we went at Steph Curry a little bit. They were conceding the switch. Steph Curry on James Harden. Harden hit a three over his face. You love to see that. The Warriors, as I said, the Clippers got some really good stuff with PG in the pick and roll with them having Looney hedge the ball screen or come out at the level of the screen, which got PG to make some nice passes and get the Clippers in four-on-three situations. One of them, Tice, in the second half, I thought he had some good plays, even though he missed a couple of shots as well. Some solid plays, some solid reads in those four-on-three situations. There was one time in the fourth quarter where he got Russell Westbrook a dunk on an alley-oop. But this is where I say it was a tale of two halves. Harden, solid defense in the first half. Good passing, doing his thing. But in the second half, I thought in the third quarter, his defense wasn't very good. He got beaten transition a couple of times a little too easily. There was one time Moses Moody hit a three over him, but that wasn't bad defense at all, so I don't fault him for that. And he had that one three that was really ugly that he tried to foul bait badly, and he airballed. Thankfully, Terrence was there to pick it up. But one of the big momentum changes for me was when it looked like, I think it was 64-60, to 60, Harden was going to get the rebound, and the ball slipped out of his hands, and Clay Thompson had an open foul line jumper, and that kind of started what was an avalanche of Clay Thompson in the beginning of the fourth quarter. He was knocking down contested shots, coming off screens, whether it was mid-rangers or threes. A couple of times we switched Tyson onto him off the ball, just to, you know, because the thing is, when Clay's coming off a screen, right, and you're guarding that, and you're guarding Clay, okay, you're coming off a screen, you're going to be a step behind, right? So if you're big... Usually it's the big setting the screen. Your big steps up, you throw two on Clay before he even touches the ball, or the second he touches the ball, that's when the Warriors get their downhill action. Whether it be Steph or Clay, you, they come off a screen, they draw two on the ball, pass it, and now Draymond or whoever's in that short roll. Clippers were trying to switch it so they can take away that short roll advantage. Daniel Tice got out to Clay a couple of times, and he still knocked down a contested three in the left corner and then a right elbow jumper over Tice and then there was one time where we closed out I don't remember who ran him off the line left wing and he went to the basket and scored he was just starting to get hot and Clay Thompson's been really struggling this year so that was very frustrating very much so not that I know James Harden still had you know he was three for six in the second half but I don't think it was that good of a performance from him in the second half Westbrook in the first half was too frantic for me a couple of those no pass possessions that I abhor <laughs> You know, you got to get the ball moving. I don't like those no-pass possessions. thought he was a little bit frantic. And I'm getting to that point, honestly, where I don't want Russ to take threes anymore, kind of like where I was when we first got him. He was 27% from deep going into this game. He's 0 for 3 in this game. And, you know, in the beginning, the corner three was kind of falling for him. I would like to see his updated percentage on that because I'm not really feeling confident when he shoots it. He might have to just attack the open space in front of him. And, you know, if he has to pass it off to a crowded Tyser Zoo, so be it, or go up for a contested layup, it's better than the three right now for me, honestly. Hopefully he can draw an extra defender and then drop it off or kick it out. But in the second half, I thought Russ was really good. He was bringing in a lot of energy that we needed. Better defense, but still not the best for his standards, in my opinion. Just don't think he was in a stance enough, really fighting over screens. A couple of lazy moments. But... He was really good rebounding, especially on the offensive glass, cutting. And one thing I just love about Clipper Russell Westbrook, and you can correct me, Russ fans, if you think I'm wrong on it, but it feels like he's had more good moments off the ball, just more 
more stuff off the ball as a Clipper. You know, whether it be cutting when teams are focused in on Paul George or Kawhi, or screening and rolling, you know, in those forward guard pick and rolls with him as the screener. Baseline cutting, as you saw in that in this game with that lob from Tice. So you see you're seeing a lot of good stuff from Russ. Crashing the offensive glass when they're not guarding him. But the here's the controversial decisions made at the end by Ty. If it's just Zubats is having a fantastic game, he's finishing around the basket, he's got a double-double, he's playing really good basketball lately, 18 points, 13 rebounds, four of those offensive rebounds in this game for Zoo, seven for 11 from the field, four of five from the foul line in 27 minutes, and he still can't close the game. Harden and Russ are going to share the court because if you only want them to play separate, well, Harden's starting. He's going to get like 30 minutes. That's only like 18 for Russ. So if you want Russ to play 20 minutes at least, and in this game he played 24, I'm sorry, 27, 26, you need, you're going to have to share the court a little bit. And their minutes in the first end of the first quarter, beginning of second, was, were terrible. I think it was just end of the first quarter. But the Russ, Norm, Paul George minutes in the beginning of the second were just terrible. Because if Paul George is not hitting shots, that lineup is going to struggle to score, especially if Norm's not 100%, which he wasn't in this game. I'm surprised he even played after that injury against uh, Sacramento. It was a game-time decision he played, but he shouldn't have, honestly. He shot two shots, was very non-existent in 18 minutes, five points. And one thing I'm really worried about, and this is not just a thing tonight, when Norm gets switched on to bigs, he doesn't make an effort to box out or try to get the inside position. And it's a problem. It's a problem. Like I know you're we should we should probably consider not switching Norm on to bigs or any big forwards. He doesn't really battle for the rebound. But the, the controversial decision is you already had Russ and Harden not playing well together in the end of the first. But Russ is playing well, so you want to keep him in. And Harden is James Harden, and he's had a good shooting night, right? You put them in together alongside Kawhi, Paul, and Zoo. It's not going that great. The spacing, obviously, not too great with Russ and Zoo, but Paul George is just bricking, right? You can still kind of get away with it, in my opinion. It's still bearable. But then you bring Terrence in, who's not hitting, to try to switch everything, and Zubots is the one that comes out, not Harden or Russ. Very, I mean, how many times is Zubots going to be disrespected at the end of a game? What does he have to do? And if you're wondering why he did it, why he did it is because he wants the shooting, which, again, with Westbrook and Terrence Mann, I mean, that's a little bit questionable. He wants to switch everything. But here's the crazy part. Zoo's not even the one getting cooked in the pick and roll. It's James Harden that's going to be targeted. And in the fourth quarter, he was over and over by Steph at the end. James Harden, for all he does offensively at the end of a game, like that game winner against Houston, he is going to be targeted by every good team defensively at the end if we're going to try to switch like that. We tried to hedge and recover throughout the game with Harden, but in the end, it's sometimes hard. They keep re-screening to get him in the action, and Steph was blowing by him like he was nothing. And I think there was some moments where the help should have been there, but when you take Ivica Zubats out the game, oh, oh, so you're surprised that there's no help, that the help is not strong enough to protect you know, the rim from an amazing finisher in Steph Curry. So coming up, going to be going more into decisions that Ty Lue made, including one that absolutely perplexed me, and then how we can fix it going forward, because we play the Warriors next again on Saturday. Going to be talking about it coming up. i got to tell you a little something about game time. Game time is the best place to get the best deals on last-minute tickets. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Even if you don't know if you can go till the end, 
or a day before, or even an hour into the event, Game Time has you covered. With killer last-minute deals, emphasis on last-minute, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you expect to see when you arrive. And all-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. Just download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, so two N's, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, so let's talk about some of those decisions made by Ty Lue in this game. And in the second quarter, I just wanted to say the Clippers lost it 30 to 26. They went into the half trailing 50 to 61. Paul George was one of nine at halftime. The whole team outside of Kawhi, Zoo, and James Harden were six for 26 in the first half. I thought Russ, Norman Powell, and Paul George didn't help that at all. And I already mentioned with Paul George, just too many jumpers for me. And it looked like Paul George just didn't have the legs tonight or just wasn't, wasn't, what's, what, what's the way to put it? He just looked tired. He looked exhausted. You didn't see the effort on defense. You didn't see him try to get to the basket. Zero free throw attempts is unacceptable. You know, the Clippers, they just didn't get two feet in the paint enough, in my opinion, in this game. I think Harden probably did the best job, him and Russ. But Kawhi and Paul, I mean, Kawhi, you know, if he's going to get two feet in the paint, it's mostly going to be off him kind of bullying somebody, backing someone down, not really facing up, as I've mentioned several times. Paul George, he can when he's in the mood. Tonight, not so much. Clippers shot 13 more shots than the Warriors. The Warriors shot seven more free throws. Warriors shot 50% from the field and 38.5% from three. Clippers shot just 44% from the field, 37.5% from three. 12 for 32, so not bad shooting the three. That's been a point of emphasis for the Clippers lately, that they haven't shot the ball too well from three. But, you know, I don't know. It feels like sometimes... Within the last, even with the with the starting lineup, besides the Spurs games, it doesn't feel like the threes are as clean of looks. I don't know it's bec- if it's because we're constantly playing against the set defense and it feels like we're not getting as many like transition ones in rhythm, coming off a little bit of momentum. But, I mean, against Dallas we were. It really all depends on the defense to me. If the Clippers are getting stops, creating turnovers, maybe we can get some more threes that are free-flowing. But right now, it seems like we're not getting as clean of looks as, you know, I'm accustomed to seeing. Warriors actually lost the fourth quarter and the third quarter. Clippers outscored the Warriors 27-25 in the third, 37-34 in the fourth. I think our off-ball defense was more of the, the flaw, more than anything. I mean, on-ball wasn't great, but off-ball, they really struggled. Bad communication, lapses, PG no good. And then let's talk about the decision that Ty made. It didn't actually end up being that costly. We were down by nine when he made it, and we were down by nine when he ended the experiment. But not three guards, four guards to end the third quarter. Russ, Harden, Bones, and Norm with Kawhi at the five. I think he thinks because Golden State 
has nobody over 6'10 that he could get away with that. But having three negative defenders, really, Kawhi at the five, I don't know what was going through his head there. Kobe Brown got six first half minutes and just looked like he was going through some growing pain, some bad fouls. You know, he fouled Klay Thompson on a three at the end of the first. And look, like, I want Kobe Brown to get his run, right? I'm rooting for the guy. He had zero points in six minutes. He was over one, had a rebound. But he may just not be ready to play big minutes on a championship contender yet. And that's okay. That's okay. It's just it's just tough. You know, PJ Tucker's not a great option. Kobe Brown's not a great option. Do you play Amir Coffee there? I would honestly give it a shot. I, w- I would be down to keep playing Kobe. Just let him work through his mistakes a bit. But I wouldn't mind just trying Coffee. You know, Tice, he wasn't too great in this game, but I still think he makes a difference. For all the people that think that Tice is better than Zoo, I would like to let you know teams are gonna go to the rim at any time, like they see Tice down there. Like they're gonna try to test him. 10 points for Tyson, 15 minutes, 4 for 9 from the field, and he made a 3, his only 3-point attempt, which I love. You know, I like his decision-making in the short roll. I like that he can stretch it a little more than Zoo. But having a true 7-footer out there that's getting 13 rebounds, that's blocking shots, that's better, more intimidating than having Tyson down there who's only 6'8". Russell Westbrook, look, I mean, I didn't like the 3-shot at the end, but overall, I was pretty happy with his performance. 14 points. 11 rebounds. We're talking double-double for a point guard. Six offensive rebounds, six assists, and zero turnovers. My favorite stat of them all. So I love that performance by Russ. 26 minutes. The only thing I'll say is maybe less threes and no more no pass possessions. It feels like he misses every time. Five for 13 from the field for Russ. 0 for 3 from deep. 4 for 6 from the line. I know the the Russ crowd is going to still say he should be the starting point guard, this and that. Look, I am always pro-Russ starting point guard with the way he's been with the Clippers. I like the faster pace next to slower guys that may need a little bit of a, you know, a little pace increase to get him some open shots. But don't expect to change, especially when the Clippers are 5-3 and three and the numbers for that starting lineup are really good. And James Harden, he is a better player than Westbrook at this stage in my opinion. Um, but I would let you know, if you disagree, let me know in the comments because I know people are going to. Um, Westbrook, def- they're very different, right? Westbrook definitely does things that Harden doesn't do and vice versa. Speaking of Harden, 18 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, and a steal. Only one turnover, so I'm happy with him taking care of the ball. Shooting-wise, he shot well. 6 for 13 from the field, 5 for 10 from 3. 1 for 2 from the line. He missed his N1, but he got in the second half free throw short. 37 minutes is quite a lot. I, I would, you know, that could have been trimmed a little bit for a little extra minutes of rust by himself. Harden, I thought, was was decent. I thought he had a good first half. He wasn't that great in the second. And closing games with him is a real concern for me. Two times this week we've lost in games where he's gotten targeted in the fourth. Kawhi Leonard has to be more aggressive than just one shot in the fourth. Again, I want to emphasize that I've been saying it would be nice if we can get Kawhi playing the whole fourth and second and Paul playing the whole first and third, but with Russ coming off the bench... It's better to have Paul play with Russ, so don't expect to see that. So Kawhi, that first four or five minutes of this fourth quarter, him on the bench, I think it's just harder for him to get in a rhythm and get shots because then Paul George gets going to start the fourth quarter, and then he thinks he's going to be the one that is the guy down the stretch. Now, I like Paul George being the guy for the last shot, the last 30 seconds, but the last five minutes or so, Kawhi. It's kind of like how I felt about Chris Paul and Booker together with Phoenix. 
Chris Paul is the guy that should control the game down the stretch. But the last 30 seconds, you want the shot? I'm going with Booker because he can get the shot off easier. Paul George's size, fluidity allows that. How do the Clippers mitigate their issues? Well, Kawhi needs to keep being aggressive. I like what I'm seeing. Uh, not only shoot one shot in the fourth. We got to limit Russ and Harden together as much as we can. I know it's difficult. Maybe play Amir Coffee instead at that four spot. Play Zoo at the end of games. And Terrence needs to make his threes. But Paul George is just unacceptable effort-wise. And the problem with Paul George is he'll come back next game and play amazing. And that's an issue. you got to be more serious than that. And then at the end of the game, when the Clippers cut it down to six, and they just let the Warriors pass it around and go for a layup, like that was basically phoning it in. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that. They got it to two possessions. They let them score. Then the Clippers scored again, and we go for a reach, and we're over the limit, and just recklessly foul and put them at the line. I mean, where is the basketball IQ? It was disgraceful, honestly. Like, I know you're on a back-to-back, but going out like that is was just not even trying to guard when you're down by six. Like, just Paul George, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook all just watching Kawhi Leonard with that half-ass you know, contest at the rim or for the past, like what was going on? I was so disappointed and it, it allowed, it got me a little too angry for a second. Like, dude, guys, do you care? Anyway, Clippers lose it 120 to 114. Kawhi Leonard was the high man with 23 points. Paul George, 15 points, 10 assists on six for 18 shooting. Not a very good game for him. But the Clippers will play the Warriors on Saturday. We'll see if we see Chris Paul. That's a noon game. I'm sorry, a one o'clock game. So let's see how it goes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper, LA Sports content. Locked on Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell. We're almost at 4,000 subs. I need it. I want it. And I think the Clipper fans deserve it to have more subscribers for their Lockdown channel. Come on, let's move up on the ranks. We know how vast Clipper Nation is. 8 and 10 on the season. We move. We got the Warriors again. And I'm looking forward to it. Have a great Friday, Clipper Nation. Don't stress too much. Still a lot of NBA season left. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.